2: Episode number 56 of Brewers on Tap. I'm Lane Grinnell. What a pleasure it is to have you with us for another edition of the podcast. And we have a lot to get to today as, of course, we're getting closer and closer to that trade deadline. Things are ramping up in that regard. We'll keep you posted on any new developments there over the next few days via Twitter, via so many other ways. So please stay locked in on those news and notes. But there are some transactions to catch you up on. And one is Will Middlebrooks. He was sent to the 15-day DL a couple of days ago because of the fact that he strained his uh, left calf uh, on a pop-up in Sunday's game against the Cubs. And so Keon Broxton recalled from Colorado Springs. Also, Domingo Santana on a rehab stint with Class A Wisconsin suffered a setback. And uh, the next step still being determined. What is going to be next for Domingo Santana? It's been a tough year for Domingo on the health front. Now let's take a look at this week in review. Well, a 9-5 win over Pittsburgh on Wednesday. Carlos Torres collected the win to improve to 2-1. Jonathan Lucroy drove in three runs, and the Brewers stole five bases. A loss 5 to 3 to the Pirates on Thursday before returning home to Miller Park to start a three-game series with the Cubs on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday was a 5 to 2 loss at the hands of the Cubs. Jimmy Nelson took the loss despite only surrendering two earned runs. Ryan Braun hit his 14th home run of the season. Saturday was the Kirk Nieuwenhuis show, not one, but two home runs in route to a 6 to 1 victory. Jonathan Lucroy also delivered his 13th home run of the season and the win. On Sunday, a heartbreaker for the crew as they led 4-1 to heading to the top of the 7th, but the Cubs played at 5 runs in the frame and held on to win 6-5. to Kirk Neuenheis did make it interesting in the ninth, And the pitch to him, swinging a fly ball to left in the corner. On the wall, it is gone for Neuenheis. And the Brewers add 3 on a That was his third home run of the series, his eighth on the year in the last year. Garrett was great again, working into the seventh inning without surrendering an earned run. On Monday night, the Brewers opened up their series with the Arizona Diamondbacks, and the crew hit four home runs in route to a 7-2 win. And it was a memorable night for Andy Wilkins. Hand the pitch. Wilkins, Suns one to center and deep. Way back. Get up. Get out of here. Gone for Wilkins. And the Brewers add one more. Andy Wilkins just went out of here and Sutter. His first career home run. The two teams were back at it again on Tuesday night. Matt Garza was on the mound for the Brewers. Gave up just three runs in the effort. And the Brewers, with a big bottom of the eighth inning, plating five runs to break a 4-4 tie. And they go on to get a 9-4 victory. So the crew now just 12 games under. 500 at 43 and 55 all right that's a look at our week in review now it's time to break it down as we talk to the manager of the helena brewers nestor corridor
3: let's break it down
2: the manager of the helena brewers nestor corridor is with us here on brewers on tap and uh, first and foremost uh what, what a fun group of guys you seem to have here
4: yeah um, first thanks for the opportunity and uh and I really tied to work with uh, that young group, and, uh, and I try to get the best as a baseball players.
2: You have uh, really an interesting group of guys. You have some guys out of college that are a little bit older. You have some guys that have made their way up uh, from the Dominican that are younger, and you have some high school kids here. How do you how do you go about trying to mix that whole group together?
4: Well, I say it's fun. Uh, with uh, the guys coming for the draft, the college guys, they're really. Really helpful because they they got a good baseball foundation, and uh, the young guys like like Latino guys coming from from the DR and um, Venezuela they're they're being around the game uh, not too long and uh, for me it's a challenge to to teach how to be pro on and off the field. Uh, it's a good mix, have couple veterans, couple youngers, but. Uh, at the end of the day, it's a fun group. They they help each other in the in the clubhouse. So that's why I say the the college guys have been really helpful.
2: Yeah, you can lean on those guys a little bit from some of the experiences that they've had already. Probably.
4: Yeah, yeah. They like I say, they got a really good baseball foundation. So my job is just try teach the Brewers' way and try get the. Uh, good complement between the guys being in the organization before and just the just new guys.
2: You get you know a chance to see guys kind of come through here and that's the goal is that they come here and they graduate on to the next level. Um, and, and let's talk about one of those guys and then we'll jump into some of the guys in your roster. Lucas Ersig's already been through here, um, doing some good things already with Wisconsin. What, what did you notice about his game right away?
4: Well, the first thing I need to say he loves the game. He got a, a mindset uh, one goal. And the goal is to be in the Big League as soon as he can. And uh, he takes his business, really professional, grinder, play hard, old school type player, nobody in love that I love. And uh, <laughs> he's been, in he's the very first day he stepped in in this field, he told me his goal is to be in the Big League as soon as he can. And uh, he played every day like he's going to be his last day on the field.
2: You have um, a, a really interesting young man too in Demi Ora Malloy, who is just a big physical kid. Um, seems like he's really mature beyond his years as well. How, how, how much have you enjoyed getting a chance to, to manage him?
4: Well, to be a minor league manager and have a player with that talent always is a, a bless. He's a, he's a monster physically, but he got a great combination between power and speed that he can change the game either way. Uh, I managed him last year, right after he got drafted. And uh, the, the thing I've seen lately, he's been making adjustments, trying get to the next level. He knows it's not going to be easy, and uh, I know it's not going to be easy, but, uh, but uh, with a talent player like his we need to find a way to make him better day by day.
2: This is traditionally kind of an offensive league, but, but you have some, some interesting young arms here as well.
4: Yeah, um, starting with Nash Walters. Uh, I know he's got up and down, but uh, he got a really good talent, really good fastball, and uh, and uh, he's been showing some flashes that uh, he can be really good. We got all the guys pitched for me last year. Jordan Deswin being really amazing for us, and uh, he got he got the the understand how to be a pitcher and not a thrower. So he's been really good so far.
2: That's a big key. I always hear people talk about that. You, you have guys that have great arms, but they aren't pitchers. Yeah, they're just throwers. or guys on the mound that, that can throw it really hard, but well, there's so much more to it than that.
4: Yeah, when you when you see a 18, 19 years old throw 94, 95, it's always exciting. Our goal as a coach is try to teach the best way to be a pitcher and know how to use his ability, you know? Like most of them, they just throw the ball. Whatever the ball goes, our job is try get understand pitch sequence and when I need to make my best pitch or what I need to do to to get that people out. So like I say, it's always fun to work with talent players like like Nash, like Jordan, and uh, and uh, we very exciting every time they take the mound.
2: How talented is Gilbert Lara?
4: Gilbert is. Uh, He's a really talented player, but the main thing is we sometimes forget that he's just 18 years old and uh, he will be in high school or just graduated from high school if he will be in the state. But uh, but uh, the things he does on the field as 18 or 17 years old and a country that is not his country is really amazing. Um, yeah, I know he's been struggling a little bit offensively, but... Uh, but every other day, he shows you a flash that he can be a really good player. Like I say, he's just 18, learning how to play and learning how to put all all that ability together and be a, the best he can on the field.
2: Do you think that sometimes we, we overlook that part of it, uh, Nestor, the, the part with, with, with these Latin players that they're in a country, and they're young. I mean, they're, they're, some of them are 18, 19 years old, and they're in a country that they're not familiar with. That in itself is such an adjustment. And sometimes do you think we we overlook that a little bit and, and how that can impact their, their early development in the game?
4: Well I think it's a big part as a Latin manager. I I I I've been through that process and uh and uh, that's why I say everybody make my job interesting and more exciting because I have to be a manager on the field, but sometimes the old brother of the field or the father of the of the field try teaching how to be in a country that uh it's not our country. It's way different. People don't know how big different is being in Latin America and moved to the States. But, uh, but uh, yes, it's a big part, and uh, most of the players take a little bit longer than others, make the adjustment off the field, and then sometimes affecting on the field a little bit.
2: Let's talk about a couple of your college guys that were draft picks this year that are still here, Trevor Morrison. And Ronnie Gideon, what what have you seen out of those two guys? Different players, obviously, in, in many ways. But what have you seen out of those two guys?
4: Well, Trevor, Trevor Morrison, uh, I like the first thing I like is the energy. He bring a good energy on the field. I know uh, he's try get adjust to to professional baseball, but uh, so far what he do on the field, his energy, the way he approach to the game, the way he take care of his business, is make me feel. Understand that he's uh, some talent right there, and he, when he figured out and when he get adjust to pro baseball, he can be really good. Ronnie is coming from a, a baseball family. Uh, he's uh, for his age, for his uh, experience in pro ball, he's way advanced to everybody else because, like I said, he's coming from a baseball family. And uh, so far, he proved that he got some power. So he just need to understand how. How different between pro and college, but uh, he provides the power for a big guy for a basement. So it's a really interesting those two guys that are that are we just waiting for adjust to Pro ball and uh, put all the ability together.
2: Nestor, we appreciate it. Thanks so much.
4: Thank you for the opportunity.
2: Nestor Cordor with us here on Brewers on Tap. Thank you. Thanks to the manager of the Brewers. Nestor Corridor for joining us here on the podcast. And we are from Helena here on the podcast today. So uh, we'll hear from a couple of more prospects before this one's all said and done. Now let's check in on the farm.
1: Checking in on the farm.
2: Okay, some news and notes before we look at uh, the different affiliations. Yesterday, right-handed pitcher Jorge Lopez transferred to Biloxi. Lopez is one of the top pitching prospects in the Brewers' system. He struggled. With his AAA assignment, Colorado Springs, pitching to a 6.81 ERA over 16 starts. He was the pitcher of the year in the Southern League last year in A, and will hopefully be able to gain back some confidence with the familiar surroundings of Biloxi. Trent Clark was reinstated from the Wisconsin DL. The 2015 first-round draft pick will join a very talented lineup that is putting up some very big offensive numbers. Right now. Also, first baseman Garrett Cooper promoted to Triple A Colorado Springs from Biloxi and first baseman Dustin DeMuth promoted to Biloxi from Brevard County. And you also have catcher Mitch Gelfi and pitcher Gage Smith promoted from Wisconsin to Brevard County. Triple A Colorado Springs is 48 and 51. They've won four straight through Monday's games. Monday night's game saw Kyle Wren go 5 for 5 as he continues to tear it up since being promoted from AA Biloxi. He's hitting 383 in that time. Nate Orff's also been strong since he's been brought up from AA, hitting 311. and here's his big moment from last week. Orff awaits the 2-2 pitch on its way. Line drive into center field, a base hit. Rivera scampers home from third. Nate Orff, the hero tonight, a walk-off single, sends the Sky Sox home with a 5-4 victory. That was Dan Atchison on the call for Colorado Springs. Double-A Biloxi 11-19 in the second half. They've had their struggles, but it's all about the amazing story of Brandon Woodruff in his first start since the unfortunate death of his brother in an ATV accident. Woodruff did the following. Tossed six scoreless innings, allowed only a hit, while striking out nine. He also hit a home run in a one to nothing game. He did it all. He's not allowed a run over his last 17 and a third innings. In four starts in July, Woodruff is 3-1 and one with a .36 ERA. He is really doing some great things for Biloxi. Overall, in 20 starts between Brevard County and Biloxi, he's 9-7 and seven with a 2.89 ERA, 30 walks against 117 strikeouts. That's seventh in all of minor league baseball in punch-outs. He was named the Southern League Pitcher of the Week for the second consecutive period. Class A advance, Brevard County, 33-65 and 65 on the year, 10-20 in the second half through Monday's games. Cody Ponce has continued to pitch very well. He was on the mound Tuesday night for the Manatees. Wendell Rijo, who was acquired in that Aaron Hill trade, he has a seven-game on-base streak. And uh, the Manatees still getting some production out of Corey Ray and, of course, some of those... Uh, promotions as well as we told you about. We'll see how Mitch Gelfie continues to hit. He's been red hot at Wisconsin, and he's now with the Manatees. Class A Wisconsin 50 and 51 through Tuesday's games. Eson Diaz continues to turn heads. Here's just one of many highlights from the week. One out, one on. Rattlers down by one in the bottom of the nine. Turn him loose here, 3-0. He was, and he sends a deep drive to straightaway center field deep. The ball is... to the lake county bullpen and the rattlers win it nine to eight holy smokes what a finish the voice of the timber rattlers chris marrying on the call diaz was named midwest league player of the week yesterday in six games last week he went 11 for 22 eight runs two doubles two triples three home runs 10 rbi and six walks he's on a nine game hitting streak and the t rats batting 528 during that stretch Ten runs, four doubles, two triples, three home runs, and thirteen driven in. He has been just absolutely red hot. He hit just two thirty-two in the first half of the season. He's hitting three fifty during the second half. Lucas Ursig has been really good since his promotion as well, continuing to rake. He's hitting well over four hundred since his promotion to Class A. Rookie Helena, thirteen and twenty-two. They played a doubleheader on Tuesday night against the Ogden Raptors. One of the top prospects in Helena is outfielder. Demi Oramalloy, Eleanor Brewers outfielder Demi Oramalloy is with us here on Brewers on Tap. and Demi, um, your story is one that a lot of people uh, gravitate towards and and, and I think are are really interested in because you were born in Africa, you were raised in Canada, but you have the chance, you know, some days your journey continues to be the first major league player born in Africa. And and I know people have pointed that out to you probably Mm -hmm. every
1: turn that you've made. Is it something that's on your mind? Uh... Obviously, I never really think about it when I'm playing, or, but just when someone brings it up, it's just it's crazy to think about that. That, well, when the day comes, that I'll be the first one. So it's gotta it's like a motivator to keep pushing to be that first one and to maybe open a pathway for more Africans to play baseball.
2: I mean, do you think of it that way too? That you can blaze a path, so to speak.
1: Hopefully, hopefully have big enough impact in baseball that so people like, hmm, I want to be like Demi someday. So that'd be cool.
2: You're a big guy, obviously. Uh, has that always been the case? Have you always been a guy that, that had the great frame that was built for sports?
1: Yeah, always. People always ask me why I played baseball, not football. or always like that. My visit to Oregon, the Oregon football coach tried to get me to play football. But you know, always, baseball has always been like my thing.
2: When was it your first love? I and mean, do, do you remember kind of uh, when baseball
1: became a big deal to you? Probably 13. I started at 10, but first three, I did it for fun, really. I was playing a lot of other sports. And third, I realized really liked. I really liked it. What have you learned about yourself since you've been a part of the Brewers organization? Um, just how hard, how much hard work takes into being great and being good every day. Had a lot of ups and downs so far to start the season, and just knowing yourself and how to um, overcome that, and uh, trying to get better every day.
2: Each level, and, and, and obviously you're at the beginning of this journey, but each level there's going to be different challenges and different things that you have to adjust to what are some of those things you've had to do just even mechanically or uh, pitch selection whatever it may be
1: already in your young career Uh, so different from this year last year in Arizona just a lot of fastballs so that was pretty much just to get up there hit the ball as hard as you can here more pitchers they look at you they look at what you did previously or they just just look at the size of me and so they just throw a lot of off-speed pitchers so just swing at the pitches that I want to hit and being more selective and just growing as a hitter.
2: Does that kind of lump in as well with wh- where you want to improve the most moving forward? Do you have a, a decent scouting report on yourself of where you know this is what I need to do better?
1: Yeah, so every every game the hitting coach lead just have a game plan of what pitches you want to hit, what not to swing at, and just just getting better every day and just seeing the stuff you want to hit at.
2: Being one of the young guys, and of course there's a lot of young guys at this level, how do you guys bond? Is it, a, is it pretty special?
1: Yeah. Um, last year I started my first year with, uh, Laura Segovia and, um, Okendo. And, um, so me and Laura were both two youngest ones last year. I met, um, friendly Mayan this year. So we've all kind of just, I like the Spanish guys. They're all really funny. So it's just, it's always fun being around them. You,
2: you know, we talked obviously at the beginning about uh, being born in Africa, uh, being raised, obviously, in Canada. So you've been around. You've seen a lot of things. Does that help you with with baseball life? Because, obviously, there's a lot of travel. There's a lot of different people that get mixed together in baseball. Does that help you, you think?
1: Definitely. I was on Team Canada since I was 15. So I probably had 200 pro at-bats coming into last year. So that was pretty good. And I've been in a lot of international competition, Taiwan, Japan, Australia. So the pressures of the games here in rookie ball or low A, don't really I've already seen a lot of stuff team Canada versus team USA in Japan so that was
2: does that yeah. help you deal with failure too because obviously that's always a big mm-hmm. part of this game is learning how to deal with failure and yeah. keep moving forward and all those different experiences has that helped you maybe more than others
1: definitely so I was seeing 95 mile an hour sinkers and I was 15 not getting hits so I was I had to get used to not getting hit every time while some guys are playing high school their whole life so they're used to always getting hits so I kind of know not to be too high and too low, and if you're struggling, how to get out of that. Whether uh, other than say, I just played high school. I never seen it before, so it was not my first time struggling down here.
2: You strike me as a really mature guy. Is it, I mean, and obviously playing for Team Canada probably had something to do with that. But mm-hmm. beyond that, what you know, what has made you
1: such a mature person? Uh, I've been just growing up fast. Just since I was 15, traveling everywhere, going to Florida, being away from home. Um just always being the young guy on the team I was 15 everyone was 18 then I was 16 everyone was 18 and then finally the last year had to be the leader so I'd be mature again then last year had a good year so I had to come into this year trying to be a leader on the team so I have to so far I've always had to be pretty mature so I think that's what helped me.
2: Demi Malloy is our guest here on Brewers on Tap. Demi how do you go about goal setting? Do you, I mean, do you set goals before a season or definitely. do you change them as the season goes
3: along?
1: Uh, You set them before a season, you, you don't want to change them because unless you change them for a good reason, that, <laughs> that's the bad thing. But definitely have goals going into the season and how to end the year. It's had a uh, slow start, but I'm starting to pick it up, so I'm coming up with that. Demi, we appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. No problem.
2: Our thanks to Demi Malloy for joining us on the podcast here this week. And also a cool story is Caleb Whalen, an outfielder for the Brewers. His dad, Sean. A scout for the Brewers was able to make the selection back in June when the Brewers selected Caleb Whalen. I caught up with him about all the cool stuff going on in his family. Helen Brewers outfielder Caleb Whalen is with us here on Brewers on Tap. Caleb, what a month-plus it's been for your family. Your dad, of course, is a scout. For the Brewers, and uh, your brother also
3: drafted by the Cardinals. I mean, have you guys even been able to take a breath and and soak this all in yet? I mean, it's been pretty crazy. I know that uh, I've gotten to talk to Brady a couple times with the Cardinals, and uh, he's having a good time down there. He's in Florida right now, so getting the heat. And then I've got to talk to my dad quite a few times, so he's just loving that we're both getting this experience and getting to go out and do what we love to do. So it's been a real blessing. Your dad was able to make the pick, uh, which was pretty cool. How much of a heads-up did you have that it was coming? All I got was a text saying something could happen, and then once I heard his voice on the, uh, the call, that was pretty cool. We were all kind of freaking out about that, so that was a lot of fun. Where were you at that point in time? I was at my mom's house with, uh, we had a bunch of family in town because it was actually my brother's graduation week, so it was kind of a bunch of things happening at one time, so it was a lot of fun.
2: That's just an incredible story and obviously could continue to be even more incredible as you make your way up through things. So how how has the first month of being a professional baseball player been for you?
3: It's been good. I mean, I'm having a lot of fun. It's been tough, though. I've had to make some adjustments and starting to see a few results now, but just got to keep at it and keep with the grind, you know? Having a baseball family, having a dad that's a scout, having a brother that's also going through this at the same time,
2: how does that help, you know, go through these types of things? Because you have people you can talk to about it. Right.
3: I mean, we grew up going to these games kind of our whole lives. So my dad scouted before with the Indians and now with the Brewers. So kind of our whole lives have been going to these games, kind of seeing how it all plays out. So for me, establishing a routine is pretty easy. But now it's just making these little adjustments at the plate and just getting used to the talent level that we're playing against and just kind of those little things that I'm having to adjust now. Since your dad's a scout, uh, you probably know a thing or two about you know breaking somebody down. <laughs> Get, give me your own
2: scouting report on yourself. Where, where do you right. think your strengths are and where do you think you can make your biggest strides still?
3: Right now I think the biggest strides are going to be made with the bat. I haven't showed my bat like I know I can, so that's going to be my biggest area to improve on right now. But then defensively I've showed pretty well and I'm stealing some bags, so just got to keep those things going. How has uh, Helena treated you so far? This is a cool place. Yeah, it's good. It, I mean, Montana is somewhere that I've always wanted to come check out, so it's been nice. I mean, I like the outdoors and getting out here, so it's really pretty. And plus, I'm from the Pacific Northwest, so it's kind of like home. Yeah, not too far.
2: And how has this group fit together? A bunch of young guys out here playing ball together. I yeah, we sure have. It's good.
3: We're we're pretty young, but we also have I think four or five twenty-three year olds. So. Me being one of them, so I'm kind of one of the older guys, but I mean, I think we've gelled really well and have great chemistry, so I'm really having a great time with these guys. Caleb, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Awesome. Hey, thank you.
2: And our thanks to Caleb Whalen for joining us here on the podcast as well. It's time to take a look at what's on tap.
4: Here's what's on tap with the Brewers.
2: Oh, here's what we got for you: Brewers and Pirates this weekend. Friday is seven ten p.m. Free shirt Friday. Saturday six ten p.m. and that's Nineties Night. There's some cool stuff going on at that. Sunday is a one ten start and that's Jimmy Nelson Bobblehead Day plus Kids Eat Free Sunday. So that Free Shirt Friday that's a Brew Crew Bottle Cap T-shirt. All fans in attendance get it. Saturday that's Nineties Night. You're, you're just you're encouraged to get into this one. Wear your neon windbreaker. Maybe bring a Walkman to the ballpark with you. It's going to be pretty cool. We're going to transform Miller Park into County Stadium for one night. Uh, The Brewers are going to wear their 1990s uniforms as well, featuring the Cross Bats logo as they take on the Pittsburgh Pirates. 90s night, that's going to be cool. And then, of course, again, on Sunday, it's Jimmy Nelson bobblehead, plus the kids eat free Sunday. Everybody wins on sunday as well that is going to do it for episode number 56 of brewers on tap thank you so much for joining us we'll talk to you again next week as we're out on the west coast for that trip through san diego and arizona have a good one everybody